And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello everybody and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 341. We're coming at you as always from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. My name is Tom Harris. Welcome along to the show. And yeah, so it's springtime here in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, technically it's still winter until the 21st of this month, but we're, we're within a couple of weeks of official spring, but you know by going outside that it is spring now. I mean, winter is done. Uh, it's had its last gasp. It's unlikely we're going to get any more snow this year. I mean, it's supposed to be in the 30s tomorrow, but that doesn't mean a lot when it's in the upper 30s. And, you know, things are, are muddy and wet and, and all that. Um, it's typical springtime weather here in the city. And, yeah, loving it. Loving it. It's nice to, to finally feel a little bit warmer again. Um, not that I mind winter that much. I really don't. But, you know, it is nice to have some nicer weather. You know what I mean. Anyway, uh, had a kind of an experience. I guess you guys could appreciate it. Um, is that uh, this past weekend, uh, Pete and I went down to uh, Brookfield. Uh, Brookfield, of course, the home of the uh, Brookfield Zoo, which is Chicago's big zoo here. But we didn't go down there for that. We actually went down there to go to a famous video arcade, uh, one of the biggest video arcades in the country. And this is a classic video arcade that has all the classic games going back to, you know, Pong and and just the, the very earliest video games all the way up into at very least into the 1990s. But the, it's mainly the older stuff. And uh, it's called Galloping Ghost, and it's it's quite well known. And they have uh, a couple of different uh, locations, but uh, this one in Chicago is 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 the biggest. And then they have a, a pinball parlor just a little bit further down the same road. So they actually own a number of storefronts along this road. They have a storefront for their renovation of old video games business and all that stuff. And yeah, you know, I'll be honest, I was a little bit I wouldn't say leery or even uh, suspicious or whatever going in there. But I was like, you know, how fun is that really going to be, you know, to, to go in this crowded, loud place and just uh, play video games? It's unlimited play. You, pay, you spend, uh, I think it's 20 bucks per adult uh, to get in, and then you can play as long as you want, and they're open, like, like till 4 in the morning or something. <laughs> it's something ridiculous like that. They, they're just open really, really late. And you can play all day. You can leave. You can come back. Yeah. The, uh, the the one disappointment about Galloping Ghost is that the uh, the pinball location, which is down the street, is not actually included in that price. So if you wanted to go play pinball for a couple hours and come back, you have to pay an extra charge to go play pinball. Um, and the pinball by itself is a little cheaper uh, than the uh, the twenty bucks, but. Yeah, again, you you would get kind of a discount if you wanted to go into the video game place. So that was that was the one disappointment about it. But I will say it was a real trip to go 
uh, back and, and play a bunch of these old games that I remember playing back when I was in high school in the late 70s and you know in some of the early 80s you know not just like the big ones like Pac-Man and Donkey Kong all that but some really obscure ones that that you know, I haven't seen in forever and you know it's funny how you know some of them have have stood up I think fairly well uh, to, to time and some of them just have not aged well at all I mean you can see the interesting ways that that video games have gone over the years and arcade games in particular um, I kind of regret the kind of that era when all the fighting games came in because that kind of ruined video gaming for me for a long time because the fighting game was sort of the most uh, popular thing at that time and I, I don't like fighting games so yeah it really wasn't for me but uh, it, it was a trip. It was it was really cool to, to play some of these uh, old games again. Things I hadn't thought about in years, and we kind of see them here, and it's like, oh man, you know, I remember this, and and just getting to try them out again, and uh, yeah, it was really really cool. Anyhow, that um, yeah, that being said, I've got an issue of Thor to cover, so let's go ahead and get on with it, shall we? And this time we are looking at the Mighty Thor, issue number 40. This is the uh, issue from uh, October of 2001. And the cover price was $2.25, dollars in Canada. Cover art is by Rainey. I guess it Rainey. I don't know who that is. Somebody named Rainey. Anyway, uh, that's R-A-N-E-Y, not R A. I-N-Y. But anyway, shows Thor. And he actually, the, the, the guy's style reminds me a bit of um, uh, Steve Lytle, uh, who we've, we've talked about. Um, but he's got Thor, and he is up against Cert, and Cert, he's whacking Cert right in the face with Mjolnir, and there's a big, um, almost a splash of, of um, concussion splash from Cert's face. There's some Kirby crackle going on. Very dynamic cover. Very nice uh, cover. And I'd be more interested in seeing some of the stuff um, from this artist, maybe. Beginning of the story, we open up. We've got Beta Ray Bill and Hercules. We've definitely got a, a full page here of, um, of the two of them. They are fighting against fire demons. And Hercules is saying... Stand thee fast, Beta Ray Bill. Though Surtur's agents seem endless, the son of Zeus will never back down. Agreed, Hercules. If this struggle is to be our last, let us conduct ourselves with courage, befitting true warriors. And we get a uh, bit of a caption here. For hours, the battle has raged. Blood has been shed. Lives have been lost. Worst of all, for those who fight for right whose sense of honor compels them to engage any enemy no matter the odds, victory is hardly assured. In fact, it is a flickering hope at best. And we see, it looks like Heimdall, uh, don't think it is Heimdall, but it looks like Heimdall and he's fighting and we've got another uh, Viking warrior with, uh, he's, got a, he's got a helmet with little teeny little horns on it. I mean, like the tiniest little horns imaginable. Um, it's actually quite amusing anyway um so he's got the little teeny horns and uh it's it's kind of a double page spread 
We've got uh, the Warriors 3 here. Uh, we definitely see there's Fandral and there's Volstagg kind of in the background. I see, Ho yeah, Hogan's there as well. Um, anyway, uh, we see in the background uh, Cert, and he's kind of looming large above the city. And this is uh, this is the uh, the clip actually that Chris Bendorf over on the Radio Free Asgard Facebook group actually posted in the Facebook group. And so apparently this is a real location in Oslo, Norway. So we know that uh, this from the landmarks and uh, and the fact that. Chris goes back and forth to Scandinavia all the time. Yeah, so anyway, uh, so Surt is attacking uh, Oslo and uh, his uh, warriors, uh, fire demon people as well. Love the facial expressions on all these people, which, of course, is, that's typical of Stuart Eminen's art. Um, Searcher is yelling, Press on, demons of flame! Today the world will end by fire and Surtur will reign supreme! And Hogan is uh, yelling, uh, Rally thyselves, Asgardians. Omnipotent Odin did himself decree we fight in defense of this Midgardian land of Oslo. Thus shall we do until we breathe our last, Hogan, says Fandral. Thou art as pessimistic as Hogan, Fandral. Let naught but words of triumph be uttered this day, says Volstagg. And Curse is here, and he says, Your bloated king's conflicts mean nothing to me. He used his magic to drop me into the middle of this, and I want out. Still thy tongue, Curse, says Hogan. If thou wert summoned to duty by Odin, no matter how strange, thou must serve in honor. Fight for thine own interests, if not the interest of others, Curse, says Balder. If we fail this day, so shall thee. Yeah, we've got um, lots of fighting going on. Volstagg is right, Hogan, says Fendril. Tis not the time for cynicism. The warriors of Asgard have ne'er fallen, and will not start today. Consider this, Fendril. We've never fought an opponent so strong without the god of thunder at our side. Unfortunately, Thor is immersed in the waters of renewal, unable to leave, says Hercules. So must we battle on, bereft of his hammer and might, says Bill. Well, they've got Batery Bill, so it's not like they're quite without Thor, but anyway. I'm... Face it, without the thunderer, we're dead, says Curse. You'd think if this was so important, Odin would be here too. And we get the title of the story here. By Fireborn, and Dan Jurgens was the writer, Stuart Immonen was the penciler, Scott Koblish did the inks, RS and Comic Crafts Wes Abbott did the letters, Avalon Studios Dave Kemp did the coloring, Mark Sumerak was the assistant editor, Tom Brevoort was the editor, Joe Casada was the uh, editor-in-chief, and Bill Hamas is the president. An unmeasurable distance away, it says. Uh, we are in Asgard. We have shifted scenes, and we see the Rainbow Bridge kind of winding its way at, at a weird angle towards the uh, island that uh, Asgard sits on, or the, the entrance to Asgard, or whatever you want to call it. And we have the healers, and they are in Odin's chamber. Uh, we have uh, the two, it's, I forget, Cyrus, or Syra, and the other, the old lady. My liege, thou hast expended too much energy. Rest, that ye might replenish thy powers. Rest? Are men die in my name? Was Thor's status is in doubt? Physician, I say thee nay. Tis my job to watch over thy welfare, omnipotent one. I beg thy pardon. The waters of renewal have not yet done their work, Lord Odin. To remove Thor now whilst his cellular structures in flux would leave him in a condition far worse than before. But my armies desperately need his strength and leadership. Without Thor, defeat is assured, Syrah. 
defeat, my lord? Surtur is more a force of nature, a limitless in power than a physical foe. With mine energies near exhausted, I can summon no others to join the battle. Is it possible I have committed Asgard's finest to certain death? Is this the work of a true and benevolent monarch? And we shift scenes, and we are in New York, the home of doctors Jane Foster and Keith Kincaid. And uh, Jane is coming out of the shower, and yeah, um, got to get a few panels here. You'll never know how much I missed you, Keith. Ever since the absorbing man's attack left you in that coma, I was afraid you'd never wake up, or that if you did, you'd be incapacitated. But now that you're home, I... Keith? And Keith is apparently gone. And uh, Jane's looking around and says, Our first night together and he disappears? What's this all about? And we shift scenes again and we are with Jake Olson and uh, his partner Christine and they're they're doing, you know, EMT stuff and their ambulance and they're they're putting a a gurney back in the ambulance and all that. And uh, Jake is saying, I don't know about you, Christine, but I'm beat. That was one rough shift. A pileup on the FDR can do that, Jake, but you were a real miracle worker. Four patients with severe trauma and you handled them like a real expert. Like you're more doctor than paramedic. Thanks, I... Eh? And uh, Christine has come up behind Jake and and grabbed him from behind and kisses him. And uh, she says, I'm impressed. Christine? Um, Stern. I like Stern men. You're a great partner and all, but I don't think I see us as a couple. You might be wrong. Why not give it a try? Do you believe in reincarnation? I never really thought about it. Why do you ask? Let's just say I have a suspicion that we were together once, like a past life or something. Oh, and there's this uh, guy walking by with a big old boombox wearing a hoodie. And, uh, and of course, you know, as it always happens in the comics, you get, get a news flash coming over the boombox and, uh, <laughs> and they just happen to overhear it. And the radio saying, a uh, Disaster looming in Norway, where a flaming giant is running rampant through the streets of Oslo, causing hundreds of casualties. And Jake is like, Surtur. And <laughs> Christine's like, who? I have to go. But we were supposed to have dinner tonight. Rain check. And he goes running off. <laughs> and um, Christine is, is uh, saying, uh, run, but thou shalt yet be mine, Odin's son. And we see uh, Keith Kincaid is kind of hiding around the corner uh, with his kind of leer on his face, like like, he, like he's angry. And um, and Christine is walking into uh, the hospital, I guess, and saying, nothing will keep us apart. And Jake is running down the street, and he's, uh, he's thinking to himself, all I can think about is changing to Thor, but I can't. Thor needed healing time while Jake was needed here. So Odin separated us into two individuals. But that doesn't mean I can't help somehow, says exposition lad. And uh, <laughs> Jake is running up the stairs to old, kind of an old-fashioned apartment building entrance. He's got like these uh, wrought iron railings on it. So it's actually kind of cool. He uh, knocks on the door and it turns out to be uh, Hannah Fairmount's house. And uh, so uh, Jake is like, Hannah, Jake, what in the world are you doing here this time of night? I need to see Tareen now. 
She and Amanda are playing video games. But what's so urgent? You haven't been watching the news? You don't know? When those two are playing Tomb Hunter, I can't get near the TV. What's wrong? So speaking of vintage video games, they have to hook it up to a TV. Anyway, um, so we uh, see Tareen and uh, Amanda, and they're in the room yeah, playing video games. And anyway, it looks like a, I don't know, it looks almost like a modern uh, video game console, but it's kind of Nintendo-y, but it's probably not because they're playing Tomb Hunter. So I'm guessing that's the same as Tomb Raider. But anyway, you were like getting so good at this, Tareen, says Amanda. Level seven, you are busted. And I promise you, Mandy, I'm going to own level eight. And uh, Jake goes, comes bursting in, and he's like, Tyreen, turn on the news. With a game I have going? No way. Now, says Jake, and he clicks the clicker and changes the channel on the TV. And Amanda's like, whoa, whoa, your cousin's intense. Tell me about it, says Tyreen. And uh, we see Cert, and he's uh, attacking. And on the TV, you can see Beta Ray Bill flying past his head. And uh, Jake is saying, take a look. Oslo's burning, and you're playing video games. And uh, Hannah is uh, behind in kind of the doorway, and she says, relax, Jake. It's not like the girls can do anything about it. Uh, we, we have family there, Hannah. I guess that's why I'm so upset. We do, says Tyreen. Uncle Fandral and his family. We'll try to call from my place. And he gets Tyreen to kind of try to hustle her out of there. And she's like, but my game. <laughs> and uh, Amanda's like, major intense. And uh, he leaves uh, the apartment and Tyreen's with him. And Jake is saying, it's one thing to give up being the designate to learn about humanity, Tyreen. But you can't ever ignore the plight of others. I didn't know. Look, I'm not coming down on you, but I can't stand feeling so helpless. Those people need help. Your help. Very well, then. And uh, she changes, and she is the Thor girl. And it says here, um, It's not the way of Tareen to ignore their suffering. Let the flaming legions of Surtur beware, for Thor girl stands ready to fly. And yet she looks like she is. And we shift back to Norway, and everyone is still fighting, and things haven't changed very much. Back, I say, says Hercules. We prefer not to harm thee, for tis our hope that once thou art freed from Surtur's machinations, thou shalt be restored to mortal form. How can we fight them if we wish them no harm, says Hogan. And your volunteered Asgardian army is almost wiped out. We have no choice, says Curse. Oi, particularly when we are depleted of nourishment, says Volstagg. Would not a platter of seared boar be most tasty right now? And we shift back to Asgard and the sort of beehive thing. Look, actually, it looks like Baron Zemo's hat. <laughs> it kind of does. I mean, kinda, even with like the fur trim, or it's not supposed to be fur, but it looks like Baron Zemo's hat to me. Anyway, um, and uh, we have... Uh, the uh, Syra and uh, the old lady and their uh, or Nephilthus gets it, um, and they're looking at the uh, thing. Thou art monitoring the Odin son, Syra. Hi, Nephilthusk. Several more days shall be required before recovery is assured. And um, uh, Tarine comes bursting in, and she says, "Methinks not. 
for the cosmic power of the designate shall restore him to health. I say thee nay, Tarine, thou might be so empowered, but even thou cannot foresee the consequences. Nor canst thou foresee the fate of Midgard without the aid of the god of thunder. And she has done whatever she's going to do with her power, and she rips off the uh, the door. There's like a, a chain and a metal ring, and she tears it off, and she opens up this container. There's a big glow coming from inside, and uh, Tarine is uh, saying, Awaken, Thor! Feel the power of the designate renew thee, that the battle for Midgard might be joined. And we uh, shift scenes back to Earth, and uh, we are with Beta Ray Bill. We get a close-up of his face here, and the caption says, As the hours stretch on until all sense of time is lost, and the body begins to numb beneath the pressures of war, another enemy makes its presence felt, one almost as lethal as the hordes who fight in Surtur's name. It's mental weariness, doubt, the realization that no matter how hard one might fight, the odds are too great to overcome. And we see all these uh, fire people, and they've got Beta Ray Bill cornered, and they're just kind of coming in this huge horde, and uh, he's swinging his hammer around, but they, they seem to be kind of overwhelming him. And we have a voice coming from beyond that says, Warriors, if this should be our last battle, know this. I am proud to join thy ranks and fight beside thee. And everyone turns around. We get you know, reaction shots of various characters. And we see a chariot being drawn by two white goats. Looks familiar. And a voice coming, and it is Odin. And he's got his sword up in one hand, and, and he is, is flying through the air towards the battle. And the captions say, It's a voice that restores immediate hope to a hopeless situation. It's Odin's voice. And while his presence actually signals the desperation of their situation, the thought occurs to none of them. On tooth, Nasher! On tooth, Grinder! Carry me now to Midgard that Surtur's army might finally be vanquished. And we shift scenes, and we are in New York. And specifically, we are in Christine's apartment with the, uh, the mirror and, and all that, and uh, she's talking to the mirror. I thought you might have pierced my veil of secrecy by now, Thunder God. Has it not yet occurred to thee that thy mortal partner is in truth Amora, the Enchantress? And uh, she's changed from Christine to uh, Amora. And uh, there's somebody standing in her doorway and uh, kind of staring out as Amora. I guess she kind of dips into the mirror and then comes out as herself. And she's still wearing a uh, snowbird's uh, helm thing. It's, uh, I, I don't like that because, it, because it, it looks too much like Snowbirds to me. But anyway, but it turns out to be Keith Kincaid who's, who's hanging around in her doorway. He's, he's looking in and, and he says, Your lover might be fooled, but I'm not. I knew there was more to you than meets the eye. Speak thy peace, ere I cleave thy head from thy shoulders, presumptuous mortal. Let's see if your magic mirror does the same for me as it does you, lovely Amora. And he uh, touches the mirror, and there's like this energy cascading up his arm, and a big glow, and he's saying, yes, I can feel the change. And Amora's like, by the bristling beard of Odin, thou art dead. 
and we shift scenes again. We are back in Oslo and start, uh, and uh, they, they seem to be in the middle of the mountains, which I don't remember Oslo having any mountains around it. I, I, the, Chris, Chris Bendorf, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that Oslo is not in the middle of the mountains. I pretty, I think I would remember that. Anyway, um, so Odin is there, and we see Sert in the background yelling, and um, yeah, Odin is, uh, you know, it's got his sword glowing, and there's like lightning crackling off it. And he says, "Let now the tide be turned, as the all-powerful Odin Force restores mortal form to those who plague thee." And he's changing all the fiery guys back into humans. And Surge is like, Infernal meddler, thou shalt pay for this transgression, Odin. I'll create an army so vast, even thou shalt be incapable of curbing them. And Hercules says, uh, Fight on! With Odin on our side, we... Eh? Yon rain clouds. For whence did they come? And the Fandral's like, Only seconds ago the skies were clear. Now there is a driving rain. And look... It's strong enough to weaken Surtur's emissaries. And yeah, so Surtur does not look happy. Rain coming down. Uh, everybody is standing in like a few inches of water now. And we get a full page here of Thor re-entering the story. And, and uh, Thor is here and he goes, Bend thy knee and give thanks for the swift recovery of Thor, Fendril. For the raging storm comes by way of the God of Thunder and the might of my Uru Hammer, Mjolnir. And he is bashing Surt in the face as he says this, even though Surt seems to be very far away. And uh, Tareen is there as well, and she says, Unleash every bit of thy power, Odin's son. It is time for Surtur's rampage to be ended. My healer said thy removal from the healing liquids would be ill-advised, my son. Twould seem obvious the unfathomable energy of the designate was over to overcome that. Aye. Though we'd best discuss it later, Allfather. Now Surtur must fall. And Thor's here whacking on, on Surt, and Surt does not like that one bit, and he's saying, uh, Insolent pup, your might is not compared to Surtur's. Thou art barely worth notice, Odin son, if not for my hatred of thy father, whose trickery imprisoned me so long ago, I not even acknowledge thy presence. Fly, Tyreen, says Thor. "'Tis time to initiate our plan. "'Aye, for powerful though this manifestation of thee might be, "'tis not powerful enough to defeat Surtur. "'And she starts glowing and, uh, like, pouring energy out. "'The infinite power of the designate, however, "'is a force far greater to be reckoned with. "'And Tareen is glowing, and she's like, "'Your course is clear, Thunder God. Go!' "'Aye, Tareen.' The raging fury of the storm shall be directed into thee, that thou might magnify it a thousandfold. And uh, all this lightning and stuff is pouring into Thor and getting uh, really glowy, and Thor's like all glowing, and uh, we see him just kind of floating there in the air. And Odin says, uh, Impressive, but not enough. To defeat Surtur, more is needed. Fools! Thou shan't have the time, says Searcher, and he's blasting uh, fire out of his eyes and uh, strikes uh, the designate, uh, and uh, she's kind of stumbling here in the skies, a giant sound effect that's scoom. She's going, yeah, and uh, she, she looks like she's going to cry, and she's saying, N never have I been stricken thus. 
Odin is, is going off to the rescue in, in his uh, chariot, or Thor's chariot, he says, Fear not, child. Thou hast played thy foredestined role. Now let thine energies be drawn forth to combine with my own immortal power. Thy final moment is at hand, Surtur. In times past I did suffer thee to live, settling for thine imprisonment. Tis not a mistake I shall repeat. And he is just completely full of Tarin's power, and he's uh, glowing with lightning and all that stuff, and he's driving uh, Tooth Nasher and Tooth Grinder right into Surtur. And Surtur is actually scared by this, and he looks up and he's like, Nay. And it says here, uh, After hours of a bloody battle, the war ends in the most fleeting of seconds, in a blinding flash almost too quick to comprehend. Surtur is gone. And there's this huge fiery explosion, and we see a lot of the city is burning, and there's like this huge explosion, and we actually see like buildings toppling over and stuff like that. I don't think that ever actually happened to Oslo, but anyway. Um, it says, uh, unfortunately, the price is high, higher than anyone dare imagine. And uh, Thor and Tarin are going to... Uh, you know, the, the site where Odin struck Surt and a big explosion happened. And Thor's like, Father! And all they see is the ruined chariot. And Odin's sword is kind of notched and broken and laying in the middle of the street. Uh, no sign of the goats. Oh, yeah, there's actually there is. The goats uh, are like carbonate, carbonized. The skeletons are here. Um, well, of course, that that's nothing to them. I mean, they can just put it in the magic bag and he can bring them back. But anyway... Um, and the caption says, War is not waged without casualties. The list naming those lost in Norway will be depressingly and frighteningly long. Both mortal and immortal names will fill the list. But among those names, one will stand out. One will signal great change. Odin is no more. The future is now. And that is Thor number 40. We'll be talking about this issue right after this message. The Lonely Hearts Romance Comics Podcast, in which four guys talk about romance comics and about romances in comics with Siskoid. We're all uh, French Canadians here. Marty! In horror comics, there's often like this little, you know, <laughs> romance tinge, I guess. Okay. Bass. We oh, just yeah. turned on him. <laughs> and yours truly, Fern. I'm very aroused. Featuring the overproduced wonder that is Romance Comics Theater every episode. Dan, I knew it couldn't last from the first day you eyeballed me when I reported to work. It wouldn't matter if I washed in laundry soap and came to work in a burlap sack. I'd turn you on. And you have the same effect on me. I... I do? The Lonely Hearts Romance Comics Podcast, available on iTunes. We've had a comic book romance. And we are back. And as always, we have a few things to say about the issue, as we always do. Uh, so yeah, so first of all, I'm going to talk about the story because there's not a lot to talk about here. There's not a lot of there there, if you know what I mean. So what it is, is the storyline is kind of sparse. This is not a, uh, you know, a really busy issue. There's not really that much going on other than the big fight. We do have a few things going on. And this is one of those stories where it's really obvious that they are counting on the reader waiting a month 
between reading the first issue and reading this because you first you have Odin with with absolute certainty saying yes we have to heal Thor and we have to get him into here and then you know just pages later he's vacillating it's like oh no no we can't afford it to Thor no you know um at that point you realize yeah it's because we we normally would have waited a month and it would not have been so obvious as it is here and it is obvious here and you know Dan Jurgens you know he bears some blame for that but at the same time they're counting on the reader having waited a month to read this they they weren't counting on somebody covering this in a podcast you know bi-weekly or indeed sitting down and reading the whole stack and having it make sense I do like the scene in Hannah's house, uh, which is where basically you have Jake Olson kind of rushing in and convincing Tyreen that she needs to do something. I think that's fine. Um, Tyreen, of course, she's this ultra-powerful character. It's very tempting to use her in a situation like this where we have Surt, who's one of the most powerful beings in the cosmology, coming in and trying to burn up Oslo. So I kind of get why they did that. Um, the story, by and large, is not bad. You know, it's also not a great story. There's not, I don't know, there's not a lot here that we haven't already seen. But I will continue to rave about how wonderful Stuart Eminem's art is. I love Stuart Eminem's work. Uh, all the characters here look really great. He does a really good job of differentiating characters and making everyone look different. That's one of the things I really respect about Eminem as an artist. Because he's, he's you know... You have Tareen and you have Amanda, both teenage girls, but they look very different from each other. I think that you might not find that with some other pencilers. And I think that's just one of the good things about Eminem's art that, that I really enjoy. Um, we have uh, a lot of splash pages in this issue, and I think that there must have been some deadline issues. And there's a sketchiness to the art that I'm not used to seeing with Stuart Eminem. It would be easy to blame the inker, Scott Koblish, but I happen to know that Scott's style is not a sketchy style. I think that he was probably given very sketchy art to work with. Now, ironically, and maybe not accidentally, the sketchiness of Eminem's art in this issue strikes me as very much in the vein of Walt Simonson. And I, I really see that that influence there in his art just based on, on this issue. I mean, the, of course, some of that has to do with the designs. You've got the you know, Simonson design for uh, for Thor's chariot, which Odin is driving here, Tooth Nasher and Tooth Grinder, um, the, the little burned-up uh, goat skeleton <laughs> on, on that one page is actually kind of cool. But it, uh, it actually is... Uh, you know, it strikes me as being very Simonson in style, and, and particularly since he's using Simonson designs for a lot of the characters. Um, we have the mystery of who is disguised as Keith Kincaid in this issue. Interesting. I, yeah, we're going to find out who it is, but not next time because we've got uh, a mythology episode next time. And then after that, we're moving on to something else for a while. So we're, we're going to leave this on a cliffhanger with Odin having disappeared. Seems to me that we did this once before, didn't we? Yeah, that was that was where we uh, completed uh, the, the main run of the Simonson issue, and then we went on and, and covered some more modern stuff for a while. Two episodes from now, we're going to be moving on to something else, and I haven't decided yet if we're going to do uh, Finish Hercules Unbound. I know the people are looking forward to that, uh, but also we have other stuff to cover as well, and we will be coming back to Thor Volume 2 eventually. 
All right. So with that, it is time to wrap up the show. Hey, once again, folks, thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you want to email the show, you can do so. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. You can also find us over on the Facebook. Just look for Radio Free Asgard there, and you will find us. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, and I'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard.